So welcome to the narrows, to the straits, as it were. Yesterday was the 17th day of Tammuz, the day that marks the breach of the walls of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. And in three weeks is Tisha B'Av, marking the destruction of the temple. We call these three weeks the Ben HaMetzarim, the in-between, the narrow days, a passage of constriction we must pass through. We might remember that the Hebrew name for Egypt is Mitzrayim, a related word to Metzar, Metzarim, Mitzrayim. We interpret the name Mitzrayim to mean the narrow place, which suits the map of Egypt since all of its population lives in a narrow corridor along the fertile Nile River. But it's not just geographical. Our symbolic memory of mythic Egypt is that it is a place of narrowness and constraints. We were enslaved there. Our actions were limited, our breath impaired. Our mystics say that we were robbed of speech in Egypt. We had lost the power to speak for ourselves. When Moses was approached by God at the burning bush to be recruited for the great mission, his response was, Mi Anochi, who am I to do this? My tongue is heavy. Our tradition suggests that speech returned to us only after leaving Mitzrayim and reaching Mount Sinai in the open spaces of the wilderness. Because of this rich symbolic history, we prize expansiveness. We pray for the wide open expanse. Like in the psalm we just sang, Min hametzar karatiya anani vamerchavya. From the narrow place I called out ya, and the divine answered me, from the expanse of Ya, from the Merchav Ya. Almost as if saying Ya is in itself, that saying Ya in itself is the breath that creates the expanse. As if all the time in Egypt or all the time we are troubled and focusing inward, we are just waiting to exhale, calling out Ya is that exhale. Calling out Yah gives us that invitation into expansiveness. But at the Taproot Retreat I staffed two weeks ago in New Mexico, one of the members of the cohort challenged our preferencing of expansiveness. They said, there's value in the narrow place too. Important things happen there too. And that got me thinking thinking about how often I want to retreat to a cozy and private place, how much my out-in-the-worldness needs to be balanced by time behind protective walls. Out in the expansiveness, I can celebrate the far reaches of creation. But then in the narrow space, I heal and repair and find the intimacy of creation. In the narrow place, there is gestation. In the narrow place, there is embrace. And sometimes when we bleed, 
Direct pressure is the best course. During these three weeks stretching from yesterday through Tisha B'Av, it is said that our access to the divine is somehow geared down, as if the divinity reaches us through a step-down transformer. The Hasidim say that instead of perceiving the divine fullness as represented by the divine name, spelled yud Hey vav Hey, we instead receive the divine as the letters tet Dalid, hey Dalid, which is yud hey vav hey, with the value of one subtracted from each of the letters. So instead of Yahweh, we have Tadhad, Tadhad it's called. We see God through this veil. We experience the divine stepped down. But I wonder if it's an unfair characterization to consider that a bad thing. I, frankly, never perceive God with clarity. I only ever perceive God through a veil of one sort or another. And sometimes a conversation is easier through a veil or a curtain or a mask or a lattice, like in Song of Songs, or through a chink in the wall, like in the story of Pyramus and Thisbe. Sometimes it's easier to be honest, to open your heart, when you're not looking the other smack in the face. So I might ask us all tonight, and maybe over these next three weeks, to notice what are the ways in which the narrow place can be healing and nurturing. What is the work that has to be done in the narrow place before we can then pendulum back to the great expanse? Min hametzar karati yah, I call out to yah from the narrow place. And yah, when I do, you don't have to pull me out of it. Just answer me and be with me right here.